SPAC Insider Podcast. I'm Nick Clayton, and this week, SPAC Insider's founder Christy Marvin and I will be speaking with Horace Luke, founder, CEO, and chairman of Gogoro. Gogoro announced a business combination with Poema Global Holdings Corp. last month. Poema Global CEO Homer Sun also joins us to discuss the SPAC side perspective on the transaction. Gogoro has created an innovative new business model in the middle of the electric vehicle revolution. It provides stations for two-wheeled electric vehicles to swap out spent batteries for freshly charged ones in a process that takes seconds as opposed to the many minutes required to recharge the battery itself. We talk about the advantages of this approach in Asian markets and the attractiveness of a subscription hardware-as-a-service model within the EV ecosystem. Take a listen. Thanks, Horace and Homer, for joining us today. We're excited to hear a little bit more about Go Go Row. But before we get started, maybe for the benefit of the listeners, you could give us a brief overview of Go Go Row, and, and maybe you can tell us a little bit exactly about what the company does. Thanks, Christy. Um, you know, I started my career about 20 years ago, or 30 years ago now, um, working at Nike, working on some really influential brands. And one day, a friend of mine told me that you know the internet was going to change everything. So I uh, dropped everything and I went and joined Microsoft up in Redmond, Washington, where I played a key role in the team that founded the Xbox uh, and eventually worked on Windows XP and you know what was to be Windows 2002 turned into Windows XP because of how technology was just going to be prolific and how it was going to change lives forever. And and we thought you know Windows experience was really where where we should really be focusing on the user experience of the, of the technology, not necessarily on the on the technology of the technology. And then I went off and, and joined HTC in Taiwan, uh, where I took a white label device maker uh, to the world's number one smartphone maker, creating the first six Android devices, uh, you know, in in the world. Um, and then you know, I think through the first 30, 20 years of my career, I really saw what technology can do to change people's lives. But also I saw how the landscape needed to shift from modernization uh, and communication to now sustainability focus. Most people don't realize that there are more miles written globally every day for commute on two-wheelers than any other mode of transportation. Uh, people in the East, in Asia, greatly depend on these two-wheelers in order to go, you know, go to school. They take their kids to, 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 to places. They go to work. They go shopping. Everything is on, done on these two-wheelers. You know? And nowhere is, more, is that more evident than a place like, for example, in India, where 80% of all commute miles done every day is done on two-wheelers. 60% of all gasoline spent uh, annually in India is spent on two-wheelers. This presents both a big problem as the world transition to you know, more densely populated cities, um, but also creates a huge opportunity for us to, to, to not only do good, but also do well in this transition and shifting people from kind of traditional gas and, and fossil-based you know, commute to now uh, more sustainable, more you know, kind of more modern, more connected, cleaner way of commuting, which I think everybody agrees that the world is, is moving toward that direction. direction. Um, when we started 10 years ago, nobody even thought about electric two-wheelers, not to even say people talk about battery swapping. Today, we, GoGirl is the market leader in battery swapping smart electric two-wheelers uh, in our hometown here in Taiwan. We used Taiwan over the last 10 years to prove our technology 
to prove our business model, to build our business partnership. And I would say over the last 10 years, we, we, we solidified that and we're ready to make the big, big jump into these giant markets like China that we just announced uh, and India that we just announced. And, uh, and, and, and it's great to, to be here to, to share our, 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 our ideas and, and what we can do for the world to be, become a you know, safer, cleaner and better and healthier place. At the same time, um, creating great business opportunity everybody can participate in. GoGoRo kind of touches upon a variety of different trends that have uh, seen a lot of public market attention over the past year. Um, to name a few, electric vehicle, EV charging, mobility, not the least of which is that Southeast Asia is a hot sector for SPACs as far as target companies. Can you describe maybe what GoGoRo is at its core? Is it an e-bike, moped company, an EV charging company, a subscription technology company? Well, we're fundamentally, we're a technology company, but more importantly, I think we're a platform company. Think really about us as, you know, the, the Android of EV. Today in Taiwan, we build our own vehicle. We sell our own vehicle, of course. Uh, but through that, we develop a number of technology that we also share with other vehicle OEMs like Yamaha, like Suzuki Taiwan, uh, Aon, uh, Aon Motor, uh, PGO, eMoving. And then, you know, most recently we announced uh, our partnership with Yadi and Da Changchang in China, the number one uh, electric two-wheeler uh, maker in China, Yadi, and also the, the China's number one ICE two-wheel maker, Yadi, and how they're going to use our technology to, to not only create vehicles that are, you know, kind of more performant, more connected, but also at the same time uh, uses our battery swapping network. At the, at the heart of our ecosystem is this, um, battery swapping infrastructure that allows the consumer to overcome uh, everything from range anxiety to charge time that it takes in order to, to swap out uh, a battery. You just simply put two, two, you know, one or two, two depleted battery, depending on which vehicle you have. Uh, some vehicle use single battery, some vehicle use double battery, but you put a depleted battery into, the, into our station and in just seconds, two fully charged batteries pops out and off you go. No waiting, no waiting for charge, no you know worrying about battery range. You just hop on your vehicle. When you see your battery level down, you just stop by one of our station, plop it in, and it swaps out uh, a brand new you know a brand new fully charged battery. And you know we are a platform company. We want to see the world use as much as possible our batteries you know battery swapping subscription model in order to overcome. It, both the challenges of, you know, I would say the technology, um, the cost of the technology, as well as the limitation of the technology today. You know, you, you did previously sort of mention a little bit of your background earlier, but um, I did kind of dig into your bio, bio a little bit. And it did mention you had stints at Microsoft, which you mentioned, uh, but you were, um, you led product ideation and brand development for Xbox. You were chief innovation officer at HTC where you led product strategy. Um, you started your career at Nike, where you led a, a key role in brand development, which are all impressive. So um, with all that being said, what led you to found GoGoRo? And, and, how did you, and how did your previous roles sort of help you grow this company? As we think about where, you know, where, where the world was, the world was at, at, 
was at a modernization stage where you know we found a technology for entertainment we found a technology for communication we found a technology for productivity now we're really needing to find technology for sustainability and as you think about you know where, where what my previous experiences has, has gathered for me you know in both storytelling uh, as well as taking technology and making it kind of usable usable and user friendly and also as well as connecting people through through smart devices that can do a lot more through applications and creating platforms all those kind of come came together at at, at at the right time where nobody was really paying attention to electric mobility when i started the company in 2011 you know nobody was really thinking about electric two wheelers you know, people were barely thinking about electric four-wheeler. That was before Tesla Model S even came out. We thought that the world needed to transform from, you know, fossil-based commute, you know, commute to electric commute because in, in a densely populated city, you know, it is both polluted, is noisy, is hot. All of the things are created because of these, you know, not so, not so sophisticated vehicles. They were created, you know, started 50 years ago. We saw an opportunity to transition that. But through that transition, we thought, you know, we thought that not only is electric mobility inevitable, that it's going to happen, but also at the same time, how do you transition that? What are the things that you need to take away? What are the things that you need to add in in order to make that transition possible? And we thought battery not included. Battery not included not only reduces the cost of purchase for the consumer, so they can get into the vehicle, but it removes all the anxiety about owning an electrical vehicle and, and removes all of that in a way. So the cost of the battery makes up usually about 35 to 40% of the overall build of material cost of the vehicle. That no longer is part of the equation when you buy the vehicle. You just pay a payment every month in order to access the battery. Um, you know, you worry about range. You know, what if I get too far and I have to push my vehicle back in order to go home, right? So no, you just stop, pop on one of our station and you swap and you get, you get on home with a, with a freshly charged set of batteries, you know, no range anxiety. Um, wait time, right? People talk about fast charging, right? Not only does it damage the hardware, you know, and, but also, you know, you're talking about 18 minutes, 15 minutes, still not fast enough. That's the 15, 18 minutes if you're the first guy at the, at the, at the pole. What if you're the second guy? Now you're half an hour. You're the third guy. You, you're apologizing to your boss for not getting to work early, right? Not on time, right? So we really need to think about how to actually solve all these anxiety and all these problems that people saw in this electric transformation and then offer a solution through the business model of swap and go that we came up with that allow the user to kind of own a vehicle in a non-stressful kind of way. Before GoGro started in Taiwan, electric two-wheeler did not even make up 1% of the overall vehicle sold. Then came GoGoRo. Over the last five years, we were able to grow the market share from not only 1% to now over 10%. So a thousand percent increase. But at the same time, through that increase, 97% of that 10% is GoGoRo and our GoGoRo partners vehicle through our swap and go business model. So we really focus over the last couple of years of in, in, doing a proof case in Taiwan, proving that the technology works, proving that the business model works, proving our partnership model works, proving the customer satisfaction will be there, the anxiety of the customer will be taken away. And over that process, I think we've refined the technology enough now 
that we're taking that and going into much bigger market to, 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 to commercialize in a very, very big way. Uh, and that's where you're seeing GoGrow today, where, where GoGrow is in this critical transition point. Yeah, and by the way, I, I, I did read somewhere that the two vehicle vehicles uh, are, are particularly um, polluting. The diesel fuel they use, it's just uh, pretty atrocious compared to even just a regular normal, regular vehicle. Yeah, you know, if you think about where 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 a gasoline vehicle is today, you know, a regular uh, gasoline two wheeler is about four to five times more polluting per kilometer than a modern car in California today. Um, that's has a greatly to do with the, the economics. We have a vehicle that costs slightly over two thousand dollars or about two thousand dollars. You know, so now you know, is the muffler going to be good enough? Is the efficiency of the engine going to be good enough? Is there a catalytic converter? All of those things are, 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 are being challenged because the cost of building those vehicles is a fraction of the other vehicle or the four-wheeler. That's number one. And number two, if you think about where transitioning for, you know, like let's say a, a, a regular car to a electric two-wheeler, those transition takes another, you know, I would say drop it another I would say by, by 70% or so, 75% in pollutants. You know, in Taiwan today, um, energy is being created with coal, you know, with natural gas, some nuclear, uh, you know, solar is being, solar and wind is emerging now, but pre predominantly still through fossil uh, generation. And even with that equation, we are still only one fourth or one fifth of a modern car. So you think those two and times it together, we're only 5% polluting pollutants. Uh, when you think about the, the, the entire value chain of, of energy creation, we're only 5% of what a traditional gasoline two-wheeler is doing today. Now, of course, that is the, you know, from generator all the way to the vehicle and rubber on the, on the ground. But if you think about where now the pollutants are being generated, now it's no longer in the city center where your kids are living, where your mother is living, where, you know, where we live every day and walk on the street every day. Reducing pollution, reducing heat, reducing noise is a really critical factor for us to transform cities of tomorrow to be more sustainable. And that's our thesis of our company. It's really to, to think about how technology can transition cities. Now, of course, what you see today is what Google is today to, to the consumer and to the market today is this battery swapping infrastructure that enable a, you know, a wave of electric vehicle adoption in, in urban cities. But imagine if I just, our thesis is just portable battery. There's a lot of things we can do in the future, just like your remote control today or your headset today or your you know, other devices you have around your house. Those are all just done with batteries. What we do at GoGirl is we create just very large, very connected, very smart batteries that enable first and foremost, the most polluting, the highest uh, polluting sector vehicle you know, in transportation. That's the first attack that we have. And then later on, as we have more and more batteries, there are gonna be other, other business models that, come up, that will come up surrounding you know, portable batteries. Not necessarily around mobility, but portable battery. And those are things that you know, in the future we can talk about. And there's great opportunity for how we see energy and cleaner energy and cleaner access to energy can play uh, in the role of growing cities of tomorrow. 
Yeah, definitely. And you're getting into the business model uh, aspect of things here, which is really why I wanted to go with, uh, next, which is just that, you know, our North American listeners are probably more familiar with e-scooter companies and kind of ride sharing um, that, that sort of approach to e-mobility. But uh, swapping batteries is very different from a business model standpoint, I imagine. Can you explain kind of how your uh, your business model is different from, say, Bird, which is also um, going public uh, via SPAC announced this year, and, and some of those other players that may be more active in, in North America right now? Yeah, there, there are a couple of key differences there, I think. You know, number one is, you know, as you think about our vehicle, we think of ourselves as almost like a hardware as a service uh, business. When you think about our subscription model, when you buy a vehicle, you have you will then go ahead and pay, um, you know, on a monthly basis based on the amount of energy you use, uh, a subscription fee to us. You know, it ranges from entry level at ten dollars per per month to you know to to thirty forty dollars. Some people pay a lot more than that, and when they ride a lot, uh, but the model is super sticky. Uh, if you don't pay, you don't ride. The 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 battery is you know is rented in a fractional way kind of to you, and so the battery, the, the vehicle and the battery and the grid is all tied together, connected. Uh, through that, we've noticed that over the last five years, six years, uh, we have almost zero drop off on our cohort. The same guy, the first guy that bought our vehicle, Davy, in in 2015, continued to pay every day as he takes his vehicle to work and back, that cohort just built and built and built and built. And if you think about how big that market is, there's half a billion two-wheelers. There's 63 million vehicles sold every year across just China, India, and Taiwan alone. That's 80% in volume in comparison to four-wheelers. But at the same time, the market is underserved. If you think about four-wheelers and electrification, you, you can name, you can probably have a huge list of, of names of competitors and, and, and people going at it. But you think about two wheelers, can you name me a lot of people that are, they're really thinking about in a very innovative kind of breakthrough um, industry overturning kind of way. There really isn't many. And that's where GoGirl has focused on, is focused on Asia market, um, highly populated, um, super sticky customer base, that have dependency on these two wheelers to move and through this battery swapping infrastructure that's really easy to deploy. And so that's, I would say, that's the number one thing that's very different, I would think, than, than vehicle sharing. We are a vehicle that you purchase, but you share the network and you share the battery versus you share the vehicle. Um, the second thing I think is, is, is perhaps very unique uh, is that our we're very diverse in the way that we uh, partner with our partners. In Taiwan, we own our network. Uh, so we, you know, we, we operate and run our network. And then we host the likes of Yamaha, the likes of Suzuki Taiwan, the like of uh, A-Motor and Aeon, uh, the likes of PGO and the likes of E-Moving, all to build vehicles that are compatible with our network. So we're an open platform. We let people come on and, and, and use, the, use the network because they don't have to pay when they come on the network. They buy components from us, but they don't have to pay a license fee. Where we get our, our fee is through our direct connection with the consumer. So we get the consumer, uh, consumer uh, subscription as a result. In China, is slightly different. We are gonna go in a very uh, partner-driven, uh, asset-like kind of way into, into China. Uh, Yadi and Da Changjiang, of course, the world's number number one electric two-wheeler Yadi, and the one the 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 in China's number one 
ICE2O maker Da Changjiang just announced the partnership with Gogoro in Hangzhou to launch through a brand called Huan Huan. Huan Huan is a uh, in, in, in English, it's swap swap. So it's very easy for the Chinese to understand what it does, right? So, you know, that's my Nike roots coming into play. Just very, very simple, easy to understand branding. Um, swap swap. Through swap swap, which uses the GoGirl as a platform, will enable uh, not only Da Changjiang's vehicle, but also Yavi's vehicle, and potentially in the future, other vehicles to all come on to use this common platform to swap. So, you know, this, this open platform. Think of us really like the Microsoft, the, you know, the Qualcomm of the world, right? Think of us as really the Android of EV. Everybody can build to this common platform. And this common platform will then have a direct relationship with our consumer to let them swap. So no matter what brand the vehicle is, no matter what age the vehicle is, no matter how new the station is, everything is forward and backward and interoperable. So the first guy that bought the vehicle, the latest battery that entered the network, that battery can power his vehicle. The vice versa, the oldest battery that's on the network with the brand new station can still charge that battery. And all this interoperability is what we focus on and the, in the network efficiency and safety is what we focus on uh, and, and delivering a great user experience for people as they transition to two-wheeler that they depend on every day. So in Asia, uh, people own two-wheelers, people don't own two uh, four-wheelers. So the user experience is kind of like, uh, if you think about where Maybe in, in the U.S., maybe you know, it's like a four-wheel car, but you have to refuel to, to by going to a gas station. Uh, in Asia, people own a two-wheeler, and they just have to refuel going to a GoGirl swapping station. And that's kind of how you should think about what how the role we play. And, and talking about those markets a little bit more, you know, your operations right now are seem primarily focused on the Taiwanese market. And how are the microdynamics in Taiwan for uh, e-mobility and, and specifically electric two-wheelers different? Uh, say than for uh, China, India, or even say North America for that matter? We are first and foremost building the core technology to enable uh, all sorts of starting with two wheelers, all sorts of two wheelers to happen. Uh, in China, it is uh, more focused around, I would say a e-bike, a lighter weight, uh, lighter, uh, slower commute um, within urban centers. In Taiwan, it is really similar to Southeast Asia where uh, vehicles are 100cc to 125cc is a dominant uh, market, market uh, I would say market population today. But batteries are batteries. You know, if you want to power 100cc, you put two, two batteries in. If you want to power a lighter weight vehicle, you put one battery in. Our system is fully scalable to go up and down the, the, the value chain. And that's perhaps one of the most unique thing that we built was this modular system that allowed, allowed that to happen. In Taiwan, uh, we have you know, proven that both single battery and double battery has its, has its place in the market. And we grew from, you know, we grew, I would say the electric vehicle space grew a thousand percent over the last, uh, last several years. Uh, we continue to see strong demand and, and, and strong growth in, in Taiwan moving forward. Uh, and, you know, in, in, in China, the, the vehicle will be lighter weight, um, will be slower in speed. That means that actually our network division will go up even further because the battery, uh, if, if there's you know, engineers in, in, in listening, they, they will know that the, you know, as you think about the need of power, uh, as you go up in, in speed and weight, uh, things go into, in a factor of, you know, factor of you know, 2X times 2X times 2X times 2X all the way up. So to go, to go 25 kilometer an hour versus going 30 kilometer an hour, 
um, you know, the, the, the number goes up very quickly. And so it, with a slower speed in China, our network is even get more efficient, get more, um, get more capable to host even more people uh, very, very quickly. Yeah, totally. And, and we've also, though, I mean, just moving a bit into some of the, you know, we've talked a lot about the opportunities, but there's some risks to the market, I'm sure, as well. And one of the things we've just seen is we've, you know, we've seen all these supply chain disruptions in the past year, thanks to COVID. Um, has that affected the battery market at all for you? And how does that affect your cost of doing business? You know, of course, there's, there's, there's impact there and there's always risk. But I think one of the most unique thing about Gogoro is that we we're very persistent. You know, we the, the great thing about being being in Taiwan, our our home market today is uh, almost all uh, electronics and, and chips are made in Taiwan. So you know, when I when I needed a certain chip, uh, you know, made, I, you know, so to so to speak, I can probably you know call a couple of friends and say, hey, can I you know can you allocate that and then. But, you know, the most important thing is, you know, our partnership with Foxconn. Foxconn manufactured 40% of the world's electronics today, right? And partnering with Foxconn where they were going to help us with the supply chain and in the enablement of our devices to be made, you know, everything from battery to, 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 to motor to other electronics, we can really then focus on our go-to-market strategy. So Horace, it's it's interesting you you just brought up four wheels because um, something that's been sort of on my mind is an article that I read recently about um, it had to do with the Biden infrastructure plan and how uh, the person who wrote this article seemed to think that the allocation of funds toward uh, EV charging stations was the wrong way to go because it was inconvenient and that people didn't want to sit and charge at a, a fast charging station for 15, 20, 30 minutes, as you kind of pointed out, I think earlier in this talk. But it brings up a good point. If it is all about convenience and that and that gets people to adopt EV technology, is there a market for you in the future for not just two-wheeled vehicles, but maybe four-wheeled vehicles? And does that maybe mean you might have an entrance into the U.S. market? You know, the, the, our focus today is really around Asia. Uh, there is, you know, over half a billion vehicles in Asia alone that are they're desperately needing a solution like GoGirls. Um, but never say never. Uh, we're just batteries. Uh, batteries one day will be capable enough to power. You know, when the first battery started, wasn't capable more than you know more than more than just powering a remote control. Uh, but you know, or radio. But today, batteries can power. You know, your 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 computer, your smartphone, your you know other devices. Never say never. And you say, okay, well, what about charge at home? Well. Most of the times in Asia, you don't have a dedicated parking spot. You're, you know, when you get home, you're looking for one. You're squeezing your bike, your moped in between other people's mopeds in order to park. And then you get out and maybe, maybe your vehicle is charged. Maybe somebody accidentally kicked the cable. Maybe somebody took your cable and plugged it into theirs. And then all these problems come into play going, well, what if the vehicle is not charged? How do you get, how do you get to where you need to go, right? And so all those things we listed as potential problems, we literally you know, just one by one thought this is a great opportunity for, for us to build something very innovative. You know, unlike maybe perhaps other, other you know, companies in the EV space, we've been evident positive since 2019. We're not a speculative you know, deal. We are, you know, we are, we are going public after we have proven the technology, proven the business model. We're on a high growth trajectory going into these large markets with huge volumes. Uh, we're projecting in 2024 to sell, you know, to sell a little over a million units, you know, in 2025, you know, well over 2 million units, 
you know, when you think about, you know, that number, you're like, wow, that's a big number comparing to, you know, GoGo's current 400, you know, slightly over 400,000 customers over the last couple of years. Yes and no. You know, Yadi and Dachangjiang last year combined through their 50,000 retail outlets in China sold, uh, sold, sold over 12 million vehicles. You know, so it's over 16 million vehicles. Sorry, so over 16 million vehicles. And, you know, this year is 20 million vehicles. So if you think about our number, Comparing to last year's numbers, about 9% of their portfolio, compared to this year's numbers, slightly less than 5% of their portfolio. So very, very achievable. I think that's a great point to, to get uh, Homer in here as well, just talking about um, those those projections, the, the figures that you're you're looking at yourself. And so Homer, from the, from the SPAC perspective, there are a lot of companies attacking this problem of charging electric fleets out there of varying size. Why did you choose Gogoro as your target of choice? So we, uh, Nick, looked at over four dozen opportunities and uh, really very carefully for our first SPAC wanted to have a really marquee transaction. I think one of the key things that drew us to Gogoro was, as Horace just alluded, the scale of the business. I mean, at over $300 million of revenue this year, this is a far, a very far away from being a science project. Uh, this is a very proven business model with a super sticky subscription tail for every dollar of hardware revenue. We also really uh, found the management team to be exceptional. We spent over seven months getting to know each other, found in Horace and his team, extremely thoughtful, innovative technologists, great pedigree. Um, and, you know, we've talked about the management, including at the board level as well. The chairman of NASDAQ is on the board of GoGrow or remain on the board of GoGrow, for instance. Uh, and this is a management team that's completely public company ready. And I think finally, I think we really felt that when you, do a SPAC, it's a little bit like a speed dating uh, exercise. You meet a lot of companies, um, you're trying to find synergy, connectivity, and we really felt uniquely equipped to assess and underwrite the growth trajectory of Gogoro, given our greater China experience, given our experience with climate technology, um, and to really go deep in on the ground. We went on the ground in China. I spoke to senior management of Yadi. Uh, DCJ, the number one ice uh, manufacturer in China, of Hero Motor Corp, and others, and, and really given, getting a very granular uh, in, uh, context uh, and local context to, to, to thinking about the opportunity set. And together, it's been a great uh, journey together, and we're really excited about the road ahead. So, Homer, you're, you're a bit of a triple threat. You, you were a, you're a former M&A lawyer at Simpson & Thatcher, <laughs> a banker at Morgan Stanley, uh, and eventually a chief investment officer of private equity in Asia at Morgan Stanley. Um, so with that sort of public and private company background, what are the benefits do you think of being publicly listed that um, would benefit GoGoRo? And how do, you, how do you plan on taking advantage of those? And also, why go public and why now? Well, I think, I think the benefits of going public for GoGoRo, given, given its growth trajectory, um, and, and kind of inflecting now is, is a great global validation of a global technology leader. It's been quietly establishing its dominance in Taiwan. It's now getting ready to step on the global stage. NASDAQ is an outstanding stage upon which to present yourself uh, to customers. Naturally, uh, there are benefits with every public transaction of, of, of a currency for M&A, of, of greater uh, opportunities to incent uh, your employees, et cetera. In, in terms of why, why take them into, into the U.S. market, we did want to really think hard about, you know, to some of the questions you've had today about 
you know, gee, this is an Asia-specific problem. Maybe North American listeners are not going to find the context as familiar. And so we thought long and hard about um, the comparable universe. We thought long and hard about comparable business models that would really enable even North American-based investors to really uh, translate across geographies to understand this enormous opportunity as we've spent time on the road with investors. I think a couple of points were very clearly understood uh, and appreciated by, by all investors. Number one, the size of this TAM. It's, it's massive with 500 million riders on the road in our core markets today. Um, and really exceptionally unique that nobody else, I mean, you can think of very, very few people that are attacking this particular problem. It's sort of the hidden problem. And frankly, that's the arbitrage. That's the opportunity set for investors. And then you think about the valuation at which we're bringing this transaction, two and a half times 2023 revenue. I won't go into the detail, but it's in the presentation. Um, it, is, it compares exceptionally well with the comparable universe. And so we think that investors are going to be rewarded by taking the time to dig in and understand the uniqueness of this opportunity. Uh, and, and hopefully we've been helpful in understanding and delivering a, a amount of diligence and positioning to enable people to really understand the tremendous opportunity ahead for GoGrow. So Homer, you know, we've also seen other EV charging and e-bike companies go public over the past year, but as we've discussed, they don't, they don't all have the same business models or revenue mixes. GoGrow's own revenue is split between um, e-bikes or mopeds, um, selling hardware, and of course the battery swapping subscriptions. With all of those things in mind, how do you go about assessing a valuation for GoGoRow and what figures across the competitive space stood out to you as more important? So we really think that the EV technology names such as ChargePoint and STEM and uh, the EV uh, charging names uh, such as uh, Volta uh, and, and others are the core comparable sets given the business model that uh, GoGoRow has. It's easy to confuse GoGrow as a scooter company, okay? Because it does have a pretty significant amount of its revenue derived from hardware, especially now and in, in, in the early years as it rolls out uh, in China and India, because it needs to build that install base of hardware, but the incremental sticky subscription revenue comes over many, many, many years uh, thereafter in a very, very predictable fashion given the 100% attach rates. And so we really think that these are the kinds of names that serve as to really anchor thinking about the two and a half times 2023 revenue at which we're bringing uh, this transaction to the marketplace. Over time, we think that the hardware as a service names, the, the, the Pelotons and the Rokus of the world will be increasingly relevant as the installed base that GoGrill has in China and India increasingly builds out. Uh, and so we think you know, those will increasingly come into lens. And then Naturally, we also in our presentation included uh, electric vehicle manufacturers globally in China, as well as two wheelers, just for the sake of, uh, of completeness. But it's really important to focus on, on something uh, that a core part of, of GoGrow's business model that's not present with the other OEM players. GoGrow has an extremely sticky reoccurring revenue stream uh, that's completely different from you know, what a traditional electric vehicle uh, manufacturer has. It's in fact leaving the manufacturing to the Foxconns of the world, which is exactly what it needs to do. And GoGrow developed a scooter in Taiwan as a means to prove swap and go as a business model. It's now done that as built dominant global technology um, positioning uh, from where it is. And now it's going to be really focused on what GoGrow is at its core. As Horace says very well, it's a technology platform. It's like Android. It's like Intel. GoGrow provides 
the technology to help its customers like a Yagi, like a Yamaha, like a Suzuki, like a Hero Motor Corp do what they do best, which is sell first-rate products to customer demographics they understand exceptionally well. And so I think that really is a very, very important differentiator when you think about the GoGrow business model. At its core, it is about energy subscription revenue that necessarily has enabling hardware piece up front, but don't confuse the enabling hardware as the core basis upon which to value this business. So, so Homer, so Poema as the SPAC, uh, you stated you would be focusing on target companies in Europe and Asia. Maybe you could walk us through a little bit about why you saw opportunity in those areas as opposed to say the US. You know, in this technology space, the number of unicorns emerging from Asia and Europe combined uh, equal that of the United States. And so the opportunity set clearly as global investors uh, is tremendous. We have a footprint in uh, Hong Kong, Berlin, in San Francisco. And so we have teams and are uniquely poised to understand those markets. We've been working in these markets. We have networks in these markets. And frankly, it's exciting when you can have an opportunity like Gogoro to really bring the experience and context that we can uh, deliver with, you know, in my case, for instance, over 20 years of experience working in Asia, uh, to bring that context uh, and to help contextualize a really interesting and cool business to, for instance, North American investors. Two-wheelers, as an example, um, in places like India uh, and Indonesia are over 80% of all uh, vehicles on the road. It's 3% in the United States. So it's a totally different context, but the pain point is understandable. The universe of comparables uh, listed in the U.S. against which you can value the business are there. And so we think that uh, that offers tremendous opportunity. And of course, as a SPAC sponsor, not to mention the fact that uh, it is far less competitive than the United States, given the original genesis of this product uh, and the number of sponsors focused primarily in the United States. Great businesses, of course, but we see a lot of white space uh, for SPACs in, uh, in Asia and Europe. And part of our job has also been to educate uh, entrepreneurs and boards who are probably you know, one step behind uh, U.S., uh, companies and understanding the product, just given uh, you know the cadence of its of its uh, acceleration over the last uh, couple of years. So you announced this transaction not long ago, which means you're still somewhat early in the process. But uh, what should we be looking out for next in terms of the timeline of this transaction, and and what what are you excited to announce in terms of news around the Benford Gogoro as well? Well, maybe I'll talk a little bit about timeline, and then I'll pass over to Horace to talk about the very exciting news pipeline coming up. Um, we expect this transaction to close uh, sometime in the early part of 2022. Uh, and in the coming months, uh, we have a number of very exciting uh, milestones that are on the horizon. And maybe I'll, I'll, I'll pivot over to Horace to talk a little bit about that. You know, over the last, I, I think over the last couple, couple months, you've seen us make them some big announcements. Um, you know, those partnerships. And then the manufacturing and supply chain partnership with Foxconn. And most recently, our entry into Hangzhou, right, a technology-leading city in, in, in China. And then Wuxi very quickly following that, and you know, many more cities next year following China. And then also, you know, our announcement in, in India and how we're gonna use uh, use you know Delhi in New Delhi as a pilot, you know, to, to light up in 2022. All of those added up to this great transition and riding on this tidal wave of electric transformation that everybody's excited about. But yet 
the opportunity and you look at you know the, the neighbors of our and competitors of our space, there really isn't any many. And when you look at the size of the TAM, 64 million vehicles, you know, every year sold, 500 million, you know, well over a billion, half a billion uh, vehicles, riders on the ground today in just China and India and Taiwan alone, you know, that adds up to be a gigantic TAM, you know, and, 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 and as, uh, as, as Homer said, you know, we're far from a science project. We've been EBITDA positive since 2019. Uh, we'll do, you know, slightly over 320 million, uh, you know, in revenue this year, uh, you know, with, you know, six vehicle makers, all building vehicles on our, on our platform today in Taiwan. Um, we are, this is a story about growth. This is not a story about speculation. This is a story about, you know, we going public will empower us to work shoulder to shoulder with these, you know, industry giants like Foxconn, like Hero Motor Corp, like Yadi, like Da Chang Chang. And with the resources and the and the uh, and the funding in order to actually push forward into these big markets, you know, and, and through this partnership with you know, Poema with with Homer, we're able to tell our story. Morris and Homer, um, I just wanted to thank you both for joining us today. It's been a, a pleasure learning more about GoGoRo, and uh, we look forward to hearing more from you and GoGoRo in the future. Awesome, thank you, Christy. I, 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 it's a great pleasure to talk to you. I, we're, we're excited about what the future is going to bring and, and these markets, you know, we're, we're just literally just dropping a stone into, into the big ocean and now the, now the ripple is going to start. Thank you.